this time I'd like to call this meeting to order. Good evening, everyone. Today is Thursday, August 25th, 2022, and this is a meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. We would like to begin by acknowledging that the land on which we gather, currently known as the City of West Hollywood, is the occupied and ceded, seized territory of the Gabrielino Tangwa and Gabrielino Keech peoples. Vice Chair, would you like to lead us in the pledge? Thank you. Ms. Secretary, uh, may we have a roll call, please? Commissioner Kirpies? Present. Commissioner Maggio? Here. Commissioner Martz? Present. Commissioner Montemayor? Here. Commissioner Wright is absent for tonight. Vice Chair Ayers? Here. Chair Topchin? Here. We have a quorum. Approval of agenda, uh, approval of agenda is next. and. Um, has anyone had the chance to review the items uh, before us tonight? We have a, do we have a motion? motion? To the agenda? I'll make yeah. a second. All right, so we have a motion to approve and we have a second. Um, Ms. Secretary, may we have a roll call, please? Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Maggio? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Montemayor? Aye. Vice Chair Ayers? Aye. Chair Topshin? Aye, motion carries. Thank you, everyone. Approval of minutes is next. We have the minutes for the meeting on August 11th, 2022. Has everyone had a chance to review them? So moved. I make a motion to move the minutes Second. of uh, August 11th, 2022. 2022, okay, so we have, uh, we have a motion uh, to approve the minutes and we have a second. Ms. Secretary, uh, may we have a roll call, please? Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Maggio? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Montemayor? Aye. Vice Chair Ayers? Aye. And Chair Topchin? Aye. Motion passes. Thank you. Public comments, uh, Ms. Secretary, are there any speakers at this time? No speakers at this time. Okay. We don't have any speakers. Moving on to the next item, which is the manager's report. Um, rent Civilization and Housing Manager, Mr. Hollop, may we have a report this time? Certainly. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, Commissioners. Jonathan Hollow, Rent Stabilization Manager. Um, taking a look at the look-ahead calendar, um, there was an appeal on calendar for tonight, but the appellant withdrew that. Uh, so it'll just be a couple items from staff. Um, we'll be announcing the interest rate on security deposits um, and also giving a presentation and looking for a recommendation on proposed RRSO and regulation amendments. As you can see from the calendar, um, you're fairly booked for appeals going forward right through till the end of October. Um, I have no update currently from Betsetic on eviction rates since the last meeting. I, I anticipate I'll probably have something for the next meeting. Um, I also wanted to mention, uh, give a little report on what occurred at the last council meeting on August 15th. Um, so staff brought an item related to the um, rent increase freeze and the uh, AGA that the commission announced um, back in June of 6%. Um, so staff had been directed by council to come back uh, with recommendations related to the rent increase freeze. 
Um, and so there was a presentation given on that and also staff's recommendation that uh, the um, AGA be reduced from 6% to 3%, which is more in line with um, past AGAs. Uh, as you probably aware, 6% is the highest AGA that's ever been announced in the city's history. Um, and uh, council directed staff at that time to come back in 60 days with a item that actually would um, cap the uh, AGA at 3% uh, universally. So currently the RSO uh, indicates a 7% cap and then uh, for um, the council to review if it ever goes higher than that. But uh, council decided that 3% would be adequate and so staff will return with that item. They did ask that during the 60-day period that staff reach out to landlords and tenants alike um, to find out what the impacts would be of ending the freeze and uh, establishing this cap. So staff is working on putting together um, uh, workshops where we can uh, bring in tenants and landlords separately to explain their positions and also we'll be creating a survey and information about that survey will be going out with our newsletter which is going out shortly. Um, it'll be both available online and in paper and I'll have more to talk about uh, regarding that at the next meeting and I'm available for any questions. Thank you, Manager Hall. Um, commissioners, do you have any questions regarding the report? Commissioner Martz? Yes, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm wondering when one of the parties um, withdraws their appeal, do we ever ask why? Um, actually, we don't usually ask why. Um, we do, as a preliminary matter, sometimes inform parties of their options other than appealing. Um, and sometimes they take staff's advice and sometimes they don't. And uh, so, you know, but uh, we try to explain the options as best we can. Because I'd be curious if we collected enough data to, you know, see if there's some city policies we can put in place, you know, if they need follow-up or if they need mediation between them, maybe not as official as this. I'd be interested in, you know, seeing that if city staff thinks it's a good idea. I, I do, actually. So, you know, when it happens again, um, well, actually, with, with this last one, I'll ask staff to see if they're willing to communicate with us about why they did it. Perfect. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, other commissioners? Uh, Commissioner uh, Kirpis. Uh, do we currently, uh, I feel like we've worked on this before, but does the city have a, a citywide rent registry in place or are we working on something like that where all units, regardless of whether they fall into the RSO or not, are registered? Y yes. The, well, it's not in place yet. Um, council passed that amendment to the RSO in February with an implementation date of January 1st, 2023. So staff is working on developing that program and the rollout will be starting pretty soon. Thank you. Right, thank you. Uh, thank you, Mr. Manager. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, since the appeal, we don't have any appeals uh, tonight, it's been canceled. We are moving on to the next item, which is the new business. And, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped that and <laughs> I have this before me. Commissioner Cummins, would you like any commissioners to make any comments at this time? I have. Uh, Commissioner Margeau, please. <laughs> Thank you, Vice Chair. 
I wanted to bring this to the uh, Commission's attention, some data that I researched uh, this week from uh, actually Bank of America, who uses a company and that analyzes rents, Zumper, Z-U-M-P-E-R, if you would like to Google it. And after a minor slowdown in rent rises in June and July, national index from Zumper indicated a return to significant price hikes. Nationally, according to Zumper, the typical rent for a one-bedroom apartment is now $1,450, up 2% from previous months, and 11.3 from previous year. The median uh, price for a two-bedroom home, for instance, in July was $1,750, which is up 2% from the previous month of 9.3 from previous years. The largest rent uh, increases are not found where we normally think along the national coastlines, but rather in Arizona. And according to uh, data from Bank of America Corp and Zumper, which shared July medium rent payment for the 10 most populous metropolitan areas in the United States. You might be surprised that Los Angeles is number 10, with 2 to 3%. Number 9 is New York City with 4%. Boston, Massachusetts, 4 to 5%. Miami, Florida, 4 to 5%. Chicago, Illinois, 4 to 5%. Houston, Texas, 6%. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 6 to 7%. Dallas, Texas, 10 to 11%. Atlanta, Georgia, 11%. And Phoenix, Arizona, 15 uh, to uh, 16%. But I'm sure that in Arizona will change in 10 years since the temperature there will probably be 130 degrees because of climate changes. But I thought it would be an interesting update to bring to the attention of the commission tonight. Thank you. It's very interesting. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, very informative. Other commissioners? Anything at this time? Uh, yeah, Vice Chair, please. I just want to report that um, I did attend the meeting of the Senior Advisory Board for August, which was yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. As I, uh, as I mentioned, we don't have uh, any appeal this evening. Uh, we're going to move on to the new business item and under the new business we have the announcement of interest rate on security deposits held calendar year 2022 and we have the staff to report on this who's gonna who's gonna do that good evening chair vice chair and commissioners i'm yasmin spateri information coordinator with the Rent Stabilization Division. Thank you. One second while we get the presentation queued up.
I apologize for the technical difficulties. It will be fixed now. Okay, we're back in business. Yes, Yasmin, thank you. Every year the commission announces the interest rate to be paid for security deposits held by landlords during that calendar year. Section 17.32.020 of the West Hollywood Municipal Code requires interest rate to be paid on an annual basis and the interest rate is announced before September 1st of each subject year. The calculated interest is either paid to tenants directly or offered as a one-time rent reduction before February of the following year. Beginning with calendar year 2022, the rate is calculated by averaging the interest rates for savings accounts of five online FDIC-insured banks and rounding to the nearest tenth of 1% as listed on bankrate.com or a similar consumer financial services company in August of each year. The banks chosen for this calculation are those that have savings accounts with the highest annual percentage yield and require no more than a $500 minimum deposit. This year, the banks and rates used to determine the 2022 interest rate were CIT Bank, with a savings account earning 1.9% annual percentage yield, Capital One with a savings account earning 1.7% annual percentage yield, Marcus by Goldman Sachs with a savings account earning 1.7% APY, and Barclays and Synchrony Banks, each with a savings account earning 1.65% APY. Uh, so using these numbers, the average came out to 1.67%, and rounding to the nearest tenth of 1% results in a rate of 1.7% for security deposits that are held by landlords during calendar year 2022. Wanted to provide some background information here on the interest rate formula for those who may not have been here for that discussion. We've discussed it over a number of different meetings and so uh, Let's go ahead and get into some background. Last year, the rent stabilization regulations were amended to reflect the new security deposit formula. This 1.7% interest rate amount is the first time in nine years that landlords will be paying an amount to tenants as the previous formula had resulted in a 0% interest rate for many years. Previously, the rent stabilization regulations calculated the average interest rates of regular pass 
passbook savings accounts at five banks that had brick and mortar locations within the city boundaries of West Hollywood. The average was then rounded to the nearest quarter of 1%. That calculation resulted in a range of zero to 5% from the years 1994 to 2021, with the last nine years, as mentioned, being 0%. In October 2019, the commission expressed interest in adjusting the formula, considering there are many more online and other options available to West Hollywood residents. Commissioners inquired in the October and subsequent commission meetings about considering a change to rounding from a quarter to a tenth of a percent, examining online savings accounts, as well as six-month and 12-month uh, certificate of deposit, or CD accounts, and making sure that we looked at FDIC banks. Staff came back with information about all of those uh, requested topics, including that the interest rate average being historically rounded to a quarter of a percent was because of how we calculate the AGA or the annual general adjustment. We also round to a quarter of 1%, but that is something that commission is able to change in the calculation, which we see in the amendment. Uh, CD accounts were reviewed, and although they provided comparable rates, there were concerns about the impact it would have to liquidity of funds for landlords. And staff also confirmed that any banks we used in the new formula would be FDIC-insured financial institutions. One other question we received was about the use of the website Bankrate, why we had chosen that website. Um, Bankrate is a well-established online financial services and monitoring company providing interest rate information since its establishment in 1976 and has maintained its online presence since 1996. Hundreds of top publications rely on Bankrate, such as Wall Street, Journal, USA Today, The New York Times, CNBC, and Bloomberg um, for getting information about many different financial rates and other information. It's also free to users, which makes it easily accessible to our community members, which is another great point. And to finish out this review on the history of, of this formula, uh, in August 2021, staff returned with a proposed amendment to the rent stabilization regulations that would codify the commission's direction on this matter. Resolution number 21-5440 was approved by city council to amend the security deposit interest rate formula on September 20th, 2021, which brings us back to uh, today's announcement of the 1.7% interest rate to be paid for security deposits held during calendar year uh, 2022. And with that, I open it up to questions from the commission. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Yasmin. Uh, questions from the commissioners? Commissioner Kurpis. Yes. How does this get uh, notified, or how do residents and landlords get notified about this, and uh, how do tenants um, receive or uh, reduce their rents for this amount. So this will be announced in the upcoming newsletter uh, mentioned by uh, Jonathan, and we will also be putting out information on our website um, and doing a press release about 
this change in this in the security deposit formula and do tenants do their landlords have to offer it or do tenants have to accept it by a certain date or does it expire how does that work they have to offer it by February 1st or it can be a deduction that's automatically made from their rent amount our landlords or business management or property management organizations going to be notified by the city or is it up to them to read general information announced by the city they will be notified through the newsletter okay that's specific to landlords and we'll be making sure to highlight that topic great and I take it that this doesn't require a vote on the part of the Commission this is just the opportunity for this announcement to be made correct great Commissioner Maggio I'm curious because we haven't done this in a while has has there been a choice with tenants either to receive payment from the landlord or a deduction do I don't remember how we've done that can you could you answer that yes so they either receive I'm just gonna read it here from the regulations must be made the payment must be made directly to the tenant by the landlord or a credit towards the rent given by February 1st so they they have a choice yes if the landlord doesn't choose for them the landlord has a choice all right thank you very much thank you Commissioner Montemayor the newsletter is just physical correct is a mail it's mailed out to all the tenants and landlords and then we also make it available online has staff considered trying to compile emails or requesting emails from all the landlords and that way we could electronically communicate with them as well yeah we do have access to some of that information through our HDL online where all the landlords register their tenancies so we do have access to that information and is there information added to the the press release or I'm just thinking you know it might be a good idea to communicate with them electronically as well given a lot of people use their emails to receive information we're looking into doing some kind of opt-in because there are some issues with hitting people with electronic communications yeah but it's definitely something we're looking at because we agree that it is probably the best way nowadays to reach people although physical mail also is getting people's attention too because it's unusual thank you it is unusual yeah just one more question sorry if I missed this if it was said when is the newsletter scheduled to go out within the next couple of weeks and Yasmin, this information is going to be in uh, English, Spanish, and Russian, all languages that yes. commonly used in West Hollywood? Yes. All right, thank you. 
Okay, since uh, uh, this item doesn't require a roll, uh, formal roll call vote, uh, the Commission will just announce the uh, interest rate to be paid for West Hollywood tenants for calendar year 2022 is one and seven tenths percent annual simple interest. So this is received and filed. Thank you. Thank you, Yasmin, thank you. Um, I know that, Mr. Manager, the next item, probably you're going to be uh, doing the report, presenting the report, which is the proposed amendments to the rent stabilization ordinance and rent stabilization regulations. Uh, Manager Holub. Yes, thank you, Chair. I'm just waiting for it to come on the screen. I'm ready. Great, thank you. Okay, so um, this um, item is uh, a few amendments, uh, two to the rent stabilization ordinance and one to the regulations. And we're going to be asking for the commission's uh, recommendation to the council on these items. So I'll start with the ordinance amendments. So the first uh, amendment is uh, a bad faith rent increase uh, amendment to the anti-tenant harassment provisions of the code. And I'll talk a little bit more about what that means. So what the proposed amendment prohibits is landlords at properties with no form of controls from raising rents in bad faith. And what that means is a rent increase that is substantially in excess of a market rate. Uh, this amendment is proposed as part of City Council's effort and the direction to strengthen renters' access to housing opportunities. So this might be the first of several that we'll bring to you. Um, the proposed amendment will protect non-rent stabilized tenants from unlawful displacement. Uh, in addition to the um, clearly excessive increase, other the other factor that's enumerated is that if the landlord has tried to evict a tenant within the last six months, that can be a factor that's considered by the court if um, a prosecution or a civil action is initiated under this provision. But it's not limited to those factors. Um, the court can consider other factors, and the commission may also propose regulations enumerating other relevant factors at a future date if it's deemed necessary. Um, the next item is a relatively technical amendment to the code. Um, it's an exemption for interim or transitional housing from the rent stabilization ordinance. Uh, the proposed amendment specifically exempts um, housing accommodations offered at no cost to people experiencing homelessness, which government or nonprofit agency owns, operates, finances, or manages. So um, as you may be aware, there are efforts going on right now to provide interim and transitional housing for people experiencing homelessness, and staff determined that it needs clarification. Um, although at the moment, such housing would not be considered the type of housing that would create a tenancy, um, staff believes that the clarity is important so that there's no confusion about what it is. Uh, the next item for consideration is Rent Stabilization Regulation 60089, Adjustments for Security Improvements. 
so I'm going to do a brief overview. This had come to the commission previously um, as an informational item, and um, the commission decided that uh, it would like to see some revisions made to it. But I just want to give a brief overview to what it is currently, and then um, I'll talk about what the amendments are. So at present, a landlord may apply for an increase in the MAR for improvements that are made to a building which enhance security. Uh, those are the improvements like um, fences, walls, gates, exterior common area doors, intercom systems, lighting, people, security bars, locks, and security windows. So if a landlord wants an increase in that uh, for, for one of those security enhancements, they need to file an application and it needs to include a description of the proposed security-related improvement, a projection of the cost allocated to each affected unit for the improvement, the proposed monthly rent increase for each affected unit based upon the cost of the improvement and the proposed cost recovery period, and approval of the tenants of at least 75% of the affected units as indicated by the original signatures on the application form. Um, and just as a side note, it's in the report, uh, I know that the commission asked for examples. Unfortunately, they don't exist. Um, if they did, they're no longer in our files. Um, we had one letter ending the accelerated um, uh, cost recovery uh, amount um, that I'll talk about in a sec, but um, unfortunately, there's just no history. That was one of the reasons that I was sort of advertising it to the commission, because there haven't been many takers. Um, but I apologize, there's just no data really about what has happened in the past at this point. Um, so the approved increases are calculated on the basis of one of the following formulas. It's either by dividing the unit cost of the improvement by the amortization period for security-related improvements, um, and, or it, the other choice is to do an accelerated cost recovery, which includes a 5.5% per annum uh, addition, and then the amortization period is divided in half. Um, if the landlord chooses the first one, it's an indefinite increase that uh, exists for as long as the security improvement is in place, and the other one ends when the cost recovery period ends. Um, these are examples I'd given you before. Um, this is just throwing out uh, an example of a new fence and uh, the amortization period listed in the regulations for that is 10 years. So if you have a 10 unit building at a cost of 10,000, you're going to come up with a $8.33 per unit per month um, rent increase, um, which again would not end um, so long as the fence was um, in good shape. And then the other formula, what you see is a more significant um, per month increase of $17.58, but it would end after five years. So as I mentioned, there was a presentation to the commission, and these were the three main concerns that the commission expressed, that the regulation allows the annual general adjustment to be applied to the rent increase amount related to that improvement cost. Um, that increases could exceed 10%, which is not consistent with current state law, and that the increase continues beyond a change in ownership. In light of those 
um, suggestions and, and concerns and the feedback that the commission uh, gave to staff. These are the recommendations that staff has for amending the regulation. One is to convert any cost passed through for security-related improvements to a temporary surcharge as opposed to a temporary or permanent rent increase. That the surcharge remained in effect only through the amortization period. Uh, that the um, available formula be only the one that I uh, the, listed as number one before that takes the entire amortization period in order to ensure a lower monthly cost to tenants. Um, make sure that the surcharge never exceeds 10% of the total rent at the time the surcharge is imposed, and also um, permit a waiver for any tenant that wasn't among the 75% and can show that the housing costs would exceed 30% of their, um, uh, their income. Uh, also, it would specifically exempt the surcharge from the MAR because it is a surcharge, not a, an, an, uh, an addition to the maximum low rent, and, and the AGA. So it just takes it out of that completely, and the surcharge would be terminated upon a change in ownership or subsequent tenancy. With the latter, that would have occurred anyway with a vacancy, but the regulation um, amendment recommended is spells that out so there's no confusion about what happens when the tenancy ends. Uh, most of the process would remain the same uh, following the submission of a completed application. The division would determine if the building and the proposed improvements qualify for a surcharge. Um, all the tenants would be noticed, advising the tenants of the work that has been proposed, stating the amount of the surcharge that will be approved for each unit upon satisfactory completion of the work. And within 10 days of the mailing of the notice, any affected tenant may object to the proposed increase. And the objection uh, has to be based on the fact that there was something um, fraudulent about the signature collection process. And if the, there's some uh, lack of clarity about what happened, an evidentiary hearing can be held by the division. Uh, once the work is completed, the applicant, uh, the landlord, will provide proof of completion of costs to the division, including bills, receipts, proof of payment, and photographs of the completed work. And upon receipt of the documentation, the division will approve and issue a notice of surcharge for each affected unit in accordance with the standard formula. And the standard formula, again, this is just reiterating that. It's, um, if you took that example, this is what would happen instead of a, uh, but instead of it being an $8.33 per unit per month uh, rent increase, it would just be a surcharge for 10 years. And available for any questions. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Maggio. Uh, yes, Jonathan. Uh, for instance, let's say it cost $100,000 to do to install all this security. Doesn't the owner the, or the landlord have the owner have a right to uh, deduct any of this on their taxes? Could this be a write off? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because I'm thinking if, if they're already benefiting uh, from a, a, a write-off, uh, then why would they want to pass the charges on? I, I, I'm not familiar enough with the, the tax benefits or liabilities to say for certain whether that specific $100,000 would be a write-off. Um, but... Um, 
you know, I, I, we, we're not taking that into consideration, obviously. Um, uh, that's certainly something we could consider if that's what the direction the commission wants to go in. Um, obviously, it wasn't in the current regulation. We didn't ask whether or not the landlord was getting a write-off for that particular improvement. Um, but if the commission wants to uh, prevent, for example, the landlord from uh, using this program, if they're getting a write-off for the same work, then that's certainly something that can be added. Interesting. Well, other commissioners, any, any thoughts, Commissioner Martz? Yes. <clears throat> um, for the pass-through, when the landlord submits the invoice, goes to the rent stabilization division, they approve, they send out a notice to the tenants that it's coming their way. What's the time frame? Once that notice goes out, is it the next rent payment that that would be? The landlord would be, well, it's a surcharge, it's not a rent increase, but we would advise the landlord that they would have to give a 30-day notice. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioners, Commissioner Corpus? Uh, yes, I have a question kind of about the, uh, this security program um, to enhance the security on buildings. You mentioned before that uh, not many people know about it, you brought it to the commission. Uh, so are there plans to advertise it in the future? Um, neighborhood count or neighborhood um, watch groups or anything like that? Yeah, we would certainly be advertised, especially, you know, particularly if the, I mean, even if the commission doesn't um, uh, take staff's recommendation, you know, we would, this would be something we'd probably advertise. Um, I hadn't thought of the example you gave, but we could certainly do that. Um, and if you make the changes, certainly we would advertise it. Chair, uh, I just had one additional comment. So I really thought that we would be handling this uh, like we did retrofitting, where the owner, you know, it's a business, and so they're allowed to write it off. But I would think we might want to consider the same formula here. Yeah, I, I, I think we can we can discuss that if um, you know if commissioners would like to. Um, specifically make any comments about that? I think this is a little bit different in that uh, I think this is a program where the tenants can come to the landlord and say, um, hey, uh, we're thinking about this. Um, would you mind enhancing the security around our building? Because it does have a 75% um, tenant approval or tenant, 75% of the tenants must ask for it or sign off on it. Um, so this is, I see, is more of a way tenants can make their building more secure um, uh, rather than uh, the other way w where the city is mandating that uh, landlords uh, pr 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 uh, provide uh, earthquake upgrades to their building. Can't speak tonight, sorry. <laughs> is, is it, um, is, is this program works the way that the tenants will um, um, basically come up, come forward with the request or the landlord could uh, initiate this process? Um. Well, the application would have to be filed by the landlord, but certainly if a group of tenants had a concern, you know, and that's the benefit of advertising it and, and making the public aware of it, is that if, if tenants have particular concern about a security issue on their property, they can go to their landlord um, and, you know, discuss if, if, you know, they can say, well, we can get 75% of the tenants to agree to this, and then they can get their landlord to actually do it, and then the landlord gets the benefit of the surcharge. Um, and the 
division can also provide free mediation services to help that get facilitated as well. So this is in a sense uh, similar to capital improvement uh, program? Well, the cap I th it's different, it's different because the, and, and it, so is the, the retrofit, because the retrofit, um, uh, a pro the, the, the benefits that come from doing a retrofit as they relate to rent increases is still a rent increase application, just like capital improvements. So this is really a very se separate thing from that, particularly if the commission goes in the direction of a surcharge approach. Um, and, and also to your point that I think you made a moment ago, this is a, you know, this is taking the, the tenants' um, uh, concerns and uh, buy-in into consideration, whereas with a, um, whether it's a, seeking a rent increase for a seismic retrofit or for any other capital improvement, that's something that's unilateral, that the landlord just does on their own, and then if they want to seek a rent increase after the fact, they can file for a rent adjustment application, or for capital improvement theoretically before they actually do the work, but they still have to go through that process. So it's quite a different Yeah, uh, it, it is, it, it's different from retrofit for sure, but I think I see kind of similarity with the capital improvement, although the capital improvement, it's, it can be uh, exterior or interior of the, let's say, unit or the building. This, this talks about the exterior, I guess, issues. But um, is the capital improvement a surcharge or is it a rent increase? I'm just trying to compare. It would be a rent increase. Rent increase, capital improvement right. is a rent increase. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of, I still like the, uh, the idea of um, preventing sort of the landlord uh, uh, double dip dipping the, you know, the charges if, if there will be a write-off, a tax write-off, and, and then uh, um, imposing a rent increase. So I, I kind of like the idea. I don't know if it's possible to uh, recommend something. I, you said that the commission may discuss, but uh, let's hear the commissioners, what Commissioner Montemayor, Montemayor has to say. I would want legal counsel to weigh in on that first. But second, um, I mean, just how any LLC or business is run, you have a profit and loss statement. And so I would imagine for any of these LLCs, who are managing these properties, they're writing off maintenance. They're writing off everything that is required to make sure their buildings are running. And so I'm not quite sure I would agree with moving in that direction personally, uh, but I certainly would love to hear from legal counsel um, if there's a desire from the commission to move in that direction. Okay, thank you. Uh, Vice Chair, any thoughts? I had a, oh, am I on? Yeah. I had a question regarding the, um, the exemption for the, uh, the transitional housing. Um, if the commission were to approve this update to the RSO, and if council approves it, then would the rent stabilization department work with Essentia or whoever the contracted service provider is to make sure that the people participating in the transitional housing program were fully aware of their rights and their arrangement with Essentia? Um, I can't, I, it's certainly something I could talk to the division that is working on that project and absolutely would make that recommendation so that, and I would think it would be beneficial that people who are coming into that program understand exactly what it is, but I don't, 
I won't be overseeing that program or the contract, so I don't want to say exactly what will happen, but I will talk to staff that does oversee that. Okay. And um, similarly, you know, if this were approved by council, um, would then um, the Rent Stabilization Division communicate this to the Human Services Commission so they have an understanding of the tenant service provider arrangement? Again, I'll, I'll talk to the staff that um, oversees the, um, the liaison for that commission as well. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Moritz? The um, tax question here, I, I think one, it just wades too far into a lot of junk that doesn't get a lot of benefit to landlords or tenants. Um, I think also, how are we going to prove that? I mean, unless we're going to be reviewing all their taxes, they can cheat the system and, you know, we're not getting much out of it. And I think if we're asking them to front the money and they're going to have a long number of years to get that money back, a relatively minor, from my experience, tax write-off is really not something that I would be in favor of imposing as a block to this because our ultimate goal is to get these improvements to the tenants that want them, whether it's a gate or security features or whatever the case may be. And if we put up quite a few roadblocks, it's gonna turn a lot of landlords off from cooperating with tenants who you know, want these and hopefully the landlord wants the same type of security system. So I wouldn't really be in favor of that tax Thank you. question. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Kirkus, Josh, all right. No, I have no further comments. I, I support um, all the recommendations by staff. I um, appreciate the report. Um, I think this is the direction that we uh, should be going on all of these items. Um, and I, I agree with um, the comments that this is a little bit different um, than uh, the other uh, capital improvements and uh, the, the um, uh, seismic retrofits. Thank you. Um, and this is a different kind of category because, as, as I mentioned before, I see this as something that, um, you know, maybe tenant-driven is not the right way to describe it because it does have to come from the landlord. Um, but I think it's more tenant-inclusive in the decision-making and in the, the direction um, for security of the building and an opportunity for tenants to, to talk to their landlord about them. So uh, I also would not be in favor of getting too deep in the uh, tax questions, um, and I think that covers all of the items. I, I'm, I'm a little confused, maybe, maybe I'm not confused, maybe I'm just confusing myself, but the, in terms of the, uh, the interim housing portion, uh, I don't know if I understand your questions, um, Commissioner, are you, are you concerned that you just want them to know what, what the situation is when they go into the, into the, the interim housing, that this is not uh, the same as moving into a rent-stabilized unit or... Um, exactly. Even. Okay, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. I just have one additional... Uh, sure, Commissioner Rogers. Uh, just for clarification, so let's say you have a 10-unit building and uh, there's going to be a gate put in and f that benefits everyone. But five of the units that are on the bottom floor say, well, that's not enough for us. We want bars now uh, on our windows. How, how would that be handled? The ones that need the bars would have to pay extra in well, addition to the gate? It, it, it could. Um, 
I think that you know it, it's affected tenants. So if 75% of the tenants who are affected by the secure the security enhancement were to agree to that, then the landlord could apply for that as well for the ground floor folks. But it's two separate security enhancements. One enhancement is a um, fence, and one is bars. And I'm not sure if bars have the same uh, amortization period as as a as a fence, but um, they'd be two separate things, and they'd have to be um, agreed upon by those tenants who are actually affected by it, or 75% of those tenants that are affected by it. Yes, because I, I think it would be separate because the gate's going to be necessary to benefit everyone. And then the landlord might say, well, that's as far as I want to go. But some of the tenants might say, yes, but it's not enough for us. We need even more security, so therefore we want bars on the windows. I think that's basically what I'm trying to clarify. Okay, thank you. Um, I just uh, have, um, first I want to mention that, yeah, um, Commissioner Marjorie, although it was uh, interesting, I think, to um, have that discussion, but I, um, after further discussion and, and uh, comments made by uh, the fellow commissioners, I, I would agree with uh, Commissioner Montemayor and uh, Commissioner Martz and others. I think we should not no, we should not open that discussion, and I think um, that would require a lot of legal review and work. And I don't know if it's going to work this time. So since we don't have the commission uh, support, it seems that we're not going to move forward with making any changes. And other than that, I'm uh, I'm in agreement with uh, with the recommendations. But I have a question. Uh, Mr. Manager, about the bad faith uh, rent increases. So uh, this is for non-RSO units, and I believe this would not uh, apply to uh, the units that are subject to the state law uh, Assembly Bill 1482. Is that correct? That's correct. And would this be applicable to those units that are exempt from AB 1482? And there are exemptions. I don't want to talk about those, but... Right. Uh, the... the it, it, the, the big picture exemption is buildings that are uh, less than 15 years old. So okay. those buildings where a landlord could raise the rent to whatever they want, but uh, this would keep it within reason and not be used for an ulterior motive. Right. Um, what about those um, affordable units that are not subject to rent control, they're not I mean, obviously, if they're affordable, regulated by um, TCAC or some HUD program or something, they will not be applicable, right? They will be right. exempt from this. They, they, well, they, well, they're they're not um, going to have that issue because their rents are capped in another way. Okay. Yeah. All right, Mr. Chair. Um, Asked about single-family homes. Yeah, and uh, right, the single-family homes. Um, what would be the, uh, I know the AB 1482 would apply to single-family homes owned by, or, or single-family homes would be, I mean, this will be applicable to single-family homes or the single-family homes exempt from the AB 1482 or not? Uh, so, some are and some aren't. Um, but, you know, if, if again, if, if it's exempt from any form of rent control, and certainly some single-family, well, a lot of single-family homes are, um, then, again, it would, it would apply to those. 
So if there's no cap that's applicable to a particular parcel, then, then this would apply. Great. Mr. Chair? Yes, uh, Commissioner Montemayor. Just a follow-up question. Do we have um, an understanding of what percentage of our housing stock this would apply to? Um, well, most units are under rent stabilization. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's about 60% um, now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, 80%, 60 to 80%. Um, and, uh, well, 80% 80, 80 rentals. Um, uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a majority or under either are the, the city's rent stabilization or are more than 15 years old, so they're going to be under the state's AB 1482. I don't have an exact percentage for you of what's covered under that. I'll have more information about that when we start our full registration sure. program. So we're working on those numbers. Uh, I to think get exact once. figures, but um, it's it's going to be a much smaller percentage of the overall rental market. Sure. I think once the registry is rolled out, I imagine staff will come for presentation or just because I think some of these figures would be helpful for us and just the public to understand you know, what our housing stock looks like and what laws apply to which types of housing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's great because that's the uh, this the with uh, the the properties or units that are built be within the last 15 years. These are newer constructions that are completely uncovered from anything. And I I, I just salute this, and I think this is great. And um, thank you um, in full favor of this item. I just wanted to clarify what's the application of AB 1482. Uh, thank you, Mr. Manager. Uh, any further questions, commissioners? Commissioner Martz? Yes. Um, two hopefully quick questions. Um, first is there's the factors here which are um, including but not limiting to, so obviously a quarter. Um, whoever's reviewing this can look at other factors. And I think you said, correct me if I'm wrong, that if we need to put more in there, that may be something that can be done down the road. Um, I would urge that to happen. I know that every time I, you know, review things, the more factors I have to balance and do my review is really helpful. And I think it helps landlords and tenants to just go through a little checklist and be like, did I do this? Not as opposed to kind of an open-ended question. Um, so I, you know, I don't think that's necessary now, but I think it's always helpful. And then another clarifying question is, this is only when a landlord would be attempting to recover possession. So I'm, tr but it's not necessarily prohibiting a rent increase that I'm just trying to, it's rent control and AB 1482 have specific numbers that say, when I send you a rent increase, it is this percent or less. That's not necessarily what we have here, correct? Right. Okay. It, 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 there's no exact percentage. Right. It would just be, um, you know, if, if in proving the case, we, the court or, you know, the city or the plaintiff would, would look at comps, I think. So in this case, it's potentially just a warning to a landlord not to creep past whatever imaginary line that they see as being inappropriate under these factors. So great. Thank you for that. Yeah. And it's still, thank you for clarifying that it, it still provides the protection 
which currently they don't have any. So although it doesn't really set a, like a regulation on the increase. But thank you for clarification. Um, all right, commissioners, uh, we, uh, do we need to vote on this? All right. Uh, okay. Yes, uh, okay. the staff is looking for a motion to recommend these items to the city council for uh, adoption. All right, so uh, anyone would like to make a motion, commissioners? I have a motion. Commissioner I'll make a motion McNeil. to approve the, uh, the amendments as proposed by staff. Okay. I'll second. We have a motion and we have a second. Uh, Ms. Secretary, we are ready for roll call, please. Commissioner Kirpies. Commissioner Maggio? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Montemayor? Aye. Vice Chair Ayers? Aye. Chair Topshin? Aye. Motion carries. Thank you, everyone. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Manager. I think this was really interesting and um, I was just uh, very necessary needed changes, amendments to the RSO and regulations. Um, great job, thank you. All right, um, next is item, items from staff. Uh, no any, further any additional? None, all right. Um, Ms. Secretary, any public speakers? No speakers at this time. Okay, we don't have any speakers. Items from commissioners. Commissioner Martz. I just want to wish my mom a happy 70th tonight. She's a frequent watcher. Oh. <laughs> um, she's out at dinner tonight with neighbors, but um, happy birthday to her. Happy birthday to your mom. Your mother? She's uh, Leo. That's why you turned out to be so charming, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we have commissioner's comment. Did yes, we do that? it's now Commissioner Marcio. Well, you know, I voted yes for this. Uh, I still didn't feel I was satisfied uh, because, for instance, if an apartment was $500 a month because it was rent-controlled and then suddenly that person left that rent-controlled apartment and then the owner could rent it for $2,000 a month, should that still apply? And I think that was still my last concern. But I think uh, once this goes to council, I think they will... Uh, kind of weed those thoughts out. But that was my concern. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Other comments from other commissioners? I just, Commissioner Kurpis. Yeah, I just wanted to thank staff for bringing these items to uh, the commission to uh, suggest these items. Uh, the, one of the items I think originated from um, the city of San Francisco creating that, uh, uh, what are we calling it, the, um, the bad faith uh, increases. Um, this might just be a stretch, but I, I would hope that um, if there's things that West Hollywood could stretch or kind of push the bar on, um, that it'd be great to see the city to do that in, in select cases where they think that they have a, a good argument um, to, to do that. I know that um, they've done that over the years, you know, different times. I just don't, can't think of anything recently that um, they've done. So, you know, as, as more and more, um, as prices go up, we'll have to look for new, innovative ways to protect tenants, and so hopefully the city will be a leader in that. Thank you. Thank you. Vice Chair? Oh, did you have Commissioner Martz. I have one. <laughs> you scared everyone. <laughs> I have one more comment. Um, AB 2559 is on its way to the governor, which is the Reusable Tenant Screening Reports Act, and 
it was amended in a way that is less helpful to tenants, but I still think it's um, a great bill. And a lot of times, each landlord can say, I'm gonna pull a credit report on you and you know, you get turned down and you might spend hundreds of dollars trying to get one, you know, get a unit over a couple months. This says that um, tenants can get, buy their own reusable um, credit report and screening report and present it to landlords. The change was that that would be a requirement and now it's optional. Um, and then they're going to see for a while to see how that works. But I think there's a lot of landlords out there that don't really care. Um, a lot of, especially mom and pops might be like, sure, if it's within the last week or two, um, so be it. Um, I had discussions with some of staff of maybe bringing this forward for a discussion item here and seeing if we can do our own version of that in West Hollywood, either equal or, or stronger. So, um, but I always like to see things going through the legislature that apply to the whole state, even though we're very progressive in, in protecting our people, not as many cities are. So statewide changes are, are great to see. Thank you. Yeah, briefly, I just also wanted to add um, to the comments um, of appreciation for the work done uh, and the direction being taken to the updating the RSO. I think all of this is really important, and I and I know that we're planning on having our uh, first, I think, um, facility for transitional housing with the Holloway Hotel, and um, and I think updating the RSO um, to make that service um, exempt uh, from the tenant protections is really important, not only protecting the city, but protecting whoever the contracted service provider is, but also protecting the participants in that transitional housing program. Um, we, you know, they, um, the service provider will need to move people in and out of that facility um, as needed, and anything that the city can do to help support them in that, like this update to the RSO um, will will help make their program um, successful. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners, for the uh, comments. Uh, well, at this time, since we don't have any items on the agenda, uh, this, this meeting is adjourned until the next meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission to be held on September 8, 2022 at 7 p.m. here in West Hollywood Park Public Meeting Room, Council Chambers. Thank you, everyone, and good night. It's you, Nick. John Hamm.